You're listening to STS Podcast. We pray that this message will encourage you and give you hope throughout this week. Well, guys and gals, we're in for a treat this morning. Last week and the week before, um, both Mark and I kind of set up uh, what we're talking about this month. And we're talking about discipleship. And we're talking about what it means to be a disciple and what it means to be mentored and what it means to be called out and what it means to really fully surrender to Jesus. And when we do that, how everything changes and how God just kind of switches up everything uh, that we had planned and kind of makes it for His plan. What we wanted to do this morning is, and what we just prayed about throughout the past couple of months, is how can we, how can we show that in a real tangible way to you guys? And so uh, I was talking to Rachel uh, the past a uh, couple weeks ago, and I said, you know, what if, what if we just shared your testimony? What if you spoke to the students, some of those who might not know you, some of those who know you but don't really know your story and how impactful it is? And so this morning we're going to have Miss Rachel come, and uh, so y'all give it up for Miss Rachel. She's going to come talk to us and share with us today. So we are glad that you're with us. Rachel, do you like to go by Rachel or Miss Rachel? Rachel's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Rachel, we are glad that you're with us, excited about what God is going to do through this time. So I'm going to pray. We're going to dive in. It's going to be kind of like an interview. And uh, if you've seen us do this before, uh, it's really interesting just really what God has done and how everybody's story is different, but it has one common denominator, and that's Jesus. So let's, uh, let's pray, and we'll dive on in. Lord, I love you so much, and I thank you for this day. I thank you for Rachel. I thank you for her being a part of our team. And Lord, this morning, I just pray that you would be with us as we chat this morning. I pray that you would just speak to our students through what you've done in her life and her story. And God, I pray that we would just uh, give glory to you um, through what you're doing and what you've done and what you're going to do through her. And I pray that this morning our, our teenagers will be impacted, Lord, and, and maybe someone would hear something that she says this morning, and, uh, and God, you would call and get our attention. So Lord, I love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your forgiveness. I thank you for your grace. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Rachel, we're glad you're here. And so why, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Uh, maybe, you know, tell us who you're married to, how old you are, you know, what you enjoy doing, that kind of thing. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Well, I'm 25. Um, I moved to Atlanta about three years ago, and I met my husband, Daniel, right there. <laughs> He's here showing support. Um, <laughs> yeah, Daniel. <laughs> Um, and we got married uh, 13 months ago, so 13 yeah. months ago. So that's me. I have a little man crush on Daniel, I have to admit, because he is the man. He's got a nice beard, and he flies helicopters. I mean, it's, you can't get much. And he loves Jesus. I mean, come on. So, I mean, he's a cool dude, and, uh, and we're glad that y'all are a part. We're glad that you're a part of our, our student ministry. But you're, you're not originally from... You're not originally from Atlanta, so where, where are you originally from? So I'm from southern Indiana. It's about six hours north of here, um, right? Yeah, I see your face. It is. It's about that bad. Like, there's nothing in Indiana. <laughs> it's just cornfield after cornfield. But, um, yeah, so I'm from there, um, and, yeah, my family born and raised. I went to school at Purdue, um, which is northern Indiana, so... Yeah. That's awesome. And what, what got you down to Atlanta from, 
from the cornfields of Indiana. I mean, um, well, I went to, like I said, I went to college at Purdue, which is in Indiana and Chicago is about three hours from there. And, um, all my friends from college were going to, um, Chicago, but I just knew that I needed to change a pace of life. So I decided to go somewhere where I didn't know anybody and just kind of start fresh, I guess. So that's what brought me here um, to Atlanta. I just kind of accepted whatever job would get me here. So, <laughs> Well, plus it's, it's too windy in Chicago. So, yeah. I mean... Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a really nice city, though, but it, it's pretty windy. Thanks. And cold. Thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> it's called the Windy City. So, anyway. <laughs> so, tell us about your family. You got brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Um... Yes, so um, my family dynamics, it's interesting. I'm not even going to go into all the details because it's hard to follow, but we have a very blended family. Um, I have my mom and my stepdad. They live in, they live in Indiana, southern Indiana. And my mom or my dad and stepmom, they live like 15 minutes from her. But I have um, I have two older brothers and an older sister and then a younger sister who's you guys as age. She's 13. So, yeah. What's her name? Katie. Katie. K-A-T-I-E. Yeah, that's one of those names that has like 30 different. Wait, like, I mean, Rachel, spell your name for everybody because R-A-C-H-A-E-L. A-E-L. You gotta see everybody's going, oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Because it's important. It's, it's, it just is. So, did you grow up, did you grow up in a Christian home? Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and my stepdad, they were believers, um, or they are believers, um, but, and we went to church and everything, but I think that, um, in some ways, I don't know if, like, the relation, relational aspect of, you know, of Christianity, like having a relationship with the Lord. I don't know if that was pushed as much um, as, you know, for, for how important it is. I guess I don't know how much that was pushed. But we did go to church, so. When do you think that you made a decision to, to answer that call from God to become a believer, uh, making Jesus your Savior? When, when do you think that was? Um, well... I mean, there's different levels really to my background, but the, so when I, actually, whenever I was six, I remember the whole, um, what, you know, when it's like the, the bridge and there's a gap and God, like Jesus made that bridge, you know, that analogy. Um, so I remember seeing that and I, like I became saved then. Um, but it wasn't until eighth grade when, um, I really started to have a relationship with the Lord. I was in between like a pretty, pretty rebellious little girl. And then, um, in eighth grade, um, I had someone pour into me and, um, yeah. Yeah. You were telling me about that. Uh, Shelly. Yes. Shelly. Tell us about Shelly. Okay. Eighth grade. Um, you know, it's funny because with Shelly, I was going through um, a time in my life where I was just a very confused person. Um, and Shelly came along and she actually, I don't remember to this day, looking back, I don't remember if she ever sat down and really talked to me about the Lord. Um, if we really like went through um, scripture or anything like that, but I knew that she was a Christian and she loved me in a way that was so unconditional. And, um, 
It was a love that clearly came from the Lord, and that's what I think really sparked um, something in me to want to pursue that, because I saw that love and that joy that comes with it. So um, that's when I really started to pursue a relationship with the Lord, is just because the way that she loved me. Yeah. How many, how many eighth graders do we have in here today? Just live, like eighth grade, going into ninth grade, that still counts? Or, yeah, yeah, okay, gotcha. How many seventh graders going to eighth grade? Anybody? Okay, got a few, a hand, handful of you. Eighth grade is a tough year, mm-hmm. and, did you, and I'm assuming y'all had middle school, six, sixth, seventh, eighth grade. How, how was middle school during that time? Was it like sixth, seventh, eighth grade, then high school was ninth, ninth yes. or twelfth? Yes. Yeah, and then... Then ninth grade came along. Mm-hmm. And so tell us, tell us about that transition between eighth grade and going into high school. A lot of things changed for you, didn't it? Yes. So um, for me, I guess I went from a Christian private school to a public school and not, I mean, that transition, it was just, I, it was a whole new scenery, um, like all new friends, all new um coaches and teachers and everything. So um, went into ninth grade and um, I, I lost that relationship with the Lord. Um, I stopped pursuing him um, and I became, again, a very rebellious person um, towards really like towards my mom and towards God and um, towards anybody that really told me what I should do with my life. So yeah, so I just became really rebellious, and I thought that um, because I had good grades and because I was captain of, like, the soccer team or, um, you know, I, like, was involved in sports and student councils and I did all the right things, I thought that, you know, why do I need to pursue a relationship with the Lord? Because I was doing all these other things that, um, you know, people tell you that are important, and they are important, um, but I... I just kind of, with my mom especially, you know, she was always like, Rachel, you shouldn't hang out with these friends. You shouldn't um, go to these parties. You shouldn't do this or that or whatever. And I just, um, I wanted to do what I wanted to do. So um, I rebelled against her. And that started ninth grade. That started, well, yeah, that started in ninth ninth grade a little. And then um, come senior year, yeah, I mean, it just, it progressively got worse every year. Yeah. Um, so you graduate high school and captain of the soccer team mm. and had everything going on popular. Everything was going for you. And then you get into college and make that transition out of high school, go to a new school, a new place. And tell us about that transition into your, your college years, because that kind of fade away from what I've heard is in high school, it kind of faded and then it got really bad in high school. Is that, is that fair to say? Um, or in, college, yeah, in college. Me, in college yeah. yeah, that's fair to say. Um, so in high school, at least I had my mom, I had, you know, parents kind of watching over me and guiding me and, um, grounding me when I needed to be grounded. <laughs> um, but whenever, you know, I, I was ready to get out of high school so I could live on my own in college. So I went to college and um, I started partying a lot, um, made a lot of the wrong friends, and um, drank a lot, did a lot of drugs, um, and a lot of things that I I shouldn't have been doing. And um, that started my freshman year of college. 
And um, I specifically told God, I know, you know, because God was with me through all of this, whether I rejected him or not, you know, mm. so he, he was there. Mm. Um, and I remember that, you know, this one time in my dorm room, I was getting ready to go out and um, there's just a pressing on my heart that said, Rachel, you do you really want to go down this path? And I said, I said, yes, I do. I, you know, talking to God, yes, I do. Leave me alone. I just, just leave me alone. I want to do what I want to do. So he did, he, you know, he, he never left, but he did, um, he allowed me to do my own thing. And progressively every year from freshman year of college to senior year of college, it got worse into like, you know, the things that I did and the people I hung out with. And I became very, very depressed. Um, because you, you know, when you, whenever you reject God and you have that separation with God, there's no joy in your life. Like you may on the outside seem happy, but you're not. Like if that, if God, God is life, and if He's not in you, then it the joy is just sucked out of you. Mm -hmm. So um, I started to think that there was no other way to live. I desired to have a different life, but um, I didn't know there was another way to live. But um, so I, I looked back at eighth grade and I kept thinking about that relationship I once had and how in that time of confusion in, in eighth grade, I still had so much joy in me um, because of that relationship with the Lord. So um, that kind of carried along with me and gave me hope through all that depression and um, but I, I remember specifically this one morning that um, I went out and I did things that, again, I didn't I shouldn't have done. And I was mad at myself for it. And because I was so sep um, separated from God, I started to think that maybe he couldn't be real. And so mm -hmm. I um, I woke up and and I said to God, I said, God, if you're even real, I just want to die. I don't want to live anymore. And he said, in that moment, he said, stick with me, Rachel. I have a plan for you. And that's the God that we serve, that God that loves us so unconditionally that when we reject him, he still says, <laughs> he still says, I love you in your mind. Hmm. And at that moment, it was surrender. Kind of like what we sang about. Mm -hmm. And um, what what happened after that that um that encounter with the Lord, where He reminds you of His grace and of His mercy and His love? What what happened? Was it like everything instantly changed? Everything just kind of cut off and the struggles were gone and everything was roses? Or was it, tell us about that. Was it a, pro a process to, to grow into that walk with Him? It's definitely a process. It's a process throughout our whole life. Um, I would say the process, it can get easier in a way. Um, but... Um, it wasn't an overnight thing. I, I wish that I could say that, oh, hey, I like I woke up and my life just changed right then and there after God spoke to me. But it didn't. Um, I went on for a couple of years just again, just kind of doing my own thing. And I was like, I don't know. I don't know how to grasp this whole Christianity thing like I didn't get it. I mean, what do you what do you 
what do you do? And it's not about doing. So I, I kind of just went off, um, I mean, it was just a bunch of years of struggling, but that's when I knew that I needed to, to move away from anybody that I knew and just Mm -hmm. kind of start over. Um, so I came to Atlanta and once I got here, I thought, okay, well I have all, you know, I'll just, I'll make all the right friends and I'll just start going to church and I'll, I'll do the right things. But the problem was, is that my heart hadn't changed. And so I got here and I was still, I, you know, my life on the outside had changed, but my heart still was in the wrong place. Mm. Um, I hadn't totally surrendered yet. Mm. Mm. So, um, yeah, so it wasn't until really until, um, about a year, well, no, like four or five months after I moved here that I had that moment. Tell us about that. So, um, well, okay. Well, I say that moment, like I didn't, I did, I think for everyone, we have kind of like at least a time frame where we look back on and we're like, okay, well, this is when God really started to change my life. So, um, I just, I, I was, about, I was about to meet my husband actually. So he had called me and he talked about the Lord for, um, several hours. And then he asked me to go to church with him and, um, And that was when I had kind of this moment where I was just crying out to God, um, like about an hour before he picked me up, just crying out to God, just saying, okay, I give up. Because I knew, you know, like I could tell he just loved the Lord. And um, and it was something that I desired to have. And um, so I just that I just kind of cried out to him and just said, I give up like it's not my way is not any good. It's not brought anything but um, devastation. One thing I heard you say um, while you're talking, you said when you got into ninth grade, your your friends changed, and through your high school years, your friends changed. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes me think of the scripture that's true in Corinthians when when Paul says bad company corrupts good character. Like that happens 100% of the time. Like I I, I see that and I've seen it, uh, you know, being a student pastor for as long as I have. It's like you see these moments of kids are really walking with Jesus and then um, things are going really well. And then a new set of friends come in and things change or uh, things get different and relationships will happen and, and ungodly relationships between either a boyfriend or girlfriend or... Uh, just friendships, and it gets us off. And that's so, I think that's a tactic of the enemy because he wants to get you alone. I mean, he really does. He wants to get you, you you go to a new school, and he attacks you. You go to college, and he attacks you. And um, he wants you to get alone because he wants to get you all focus of what, uh, of what even Shelly was pouring into you. As her walking and living life with you and encouraging you, um, so we think about discipleship, and as we think about uh, the call that God's given us to make disciples, but also be a disciple. You having someone pouring into you um, is an important thing, and I see that as you want to pour out into others, because um, I think that that loneliness is there. And when we substitute things and we substitute friends for Jesus, it gets us off. 
And so in that time frame, you move to Atlanta, and then you meet a lady named Susan. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and tell us about your relationship with Susan. Yeah, so do you guys know Susan Hooker? Yeah. <laughs> so um, I would say that's the person that pours into me now. So I, I called her one day. Actually, before I started, started working here, um, I was just going to church here, and I desperately needed to talk to somebody, and um, I called, and she answered. And it's just kind of our relationship just took off as far as um, her being my mentor. And really, we've become friends at this point. Um, but she just, you know, we meet and she she gives me advice and um, really it's not like she does anything specific or says anything specific. We just kind of walk through life together. So um, she's been a huge blessing to me. That's awesome. And that has that given you, uh, how has that helped you in your, uh, your heartbeat to pour into these kiddos how, how, how do you see that as just kind of a replication of that into the students here well I don't really know you know I don't know if it's anything that you know comes from Susan I think in general as your relationship with the Lord grows and you see what he's done in your life and um, you remember how desperately we need God um, and how he loves us, us that that love just overflows to other people and so I just kind of think if you if if you feel that love from God or you know that he loves you and what he's called you to it's just kind of a natural thing to reach out and pour into other people so I wouldn't say that it's anything that like Susan does but you know there is that sense of accountability there that she holds me accountable and she encourages me and when I'm having you know a tough time or I need some godly advice she's who I go to and I think that that is a very needed relationship but um, in general it's not her pouring into me that makes me want to pour into other people it's what God has poured into me that makes me want to important to other people hmm. well how would you like to encourage our kiddos today what's uh, i mean you already encouraged us you uh you've you've your story is is unlike anyone here's because it's your story it's not like mine it's not like mark's it's not like any students here it's your story um how how further could would you want to encourage our teenagers um there's a, there's a lot that I'd love to encourage you guys with, but um, I think f first I just want you guys to know, I've had girls, before I worked here, I did Young Life, and I had girls that would say to me, um, Rachel, I think we're just waiting for those big moments where God speaks to us um, like, like He did with you. And I want you guys to know that the people sitting in this room, like you're not always going to have that. Is you're not always going to have this big moment where God like speaks to you and things just click. It's just this daily surrender to Him and um, just kind of reminding yourself of, you know, who you are in Christ. Um, and don't you don't you don't want to go down the path that I went to went through. There's a lot of scars that come with it. Um, I just yeah, I just want to encourage you that it's that daily surrender um, and not to wait until you get to that point that it's rock bottom. Um, 
because it's not a good place to be. Um, and so I just wanted to share some, just one, well, two verses really, but it's a really um, quick parable, but um, it's Matthew 13, 44. Um, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. I think when, I guess I just want to ask you guys, I just want you guys to reflect in yourself, you know, what are you treasuring? Are you treasuring, um, are you treasuring your friendships? Are you treasuring your Instagram likes? Are you treasuring your clothes and that, um, that show that you're watching? Are you, what are you treasuring that's coming before God? Because, um, because like this says is, it's God in the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. So nothing else really matters. Like you could sell it all. You could take it all away. That is what matters. Um, so that's just kind of my, my encouragement for you guys and just to really reflect on that. We love you guys. And God has done some really cool stuff in our lives and in and, and our stories. And I love the fact that Rachel can pour into you ladies and you girls that her story can come alive in your life and, uh, and pour into you. So maybe you don't make some of the decisions that she made, not that those decisions weren't God-ordained and the things that happened weren't, they didn't take God by surprise. But the fact that she can use her story to pour into you and love on you and encourage you and her overflow of her walk with Jesus. I tell you, when, when we're walking down the halls of STS, you know, she's in, she's in the book, she's studying, and she wants to know God more, and she wants, to, she wants to hear God's voice and really wants to do the best that she can to serve you girls. And so my prayer is for you ladies to get to know her more, that you might ask her, hey, can we go grab some, some uh, ice cream or a Coke or lunch or something like that? And, and she'll be like, yes, let's do it. Let's, uh, she's down. And um, so she can just love on you and encourage you. And we want the same uh, for you dudes as well, for Mark and I and, and uh, Daniel just to pour into y'all. But the whole point of it is, listen, the whole point of it is that you can't do this alone. You can't walk this out alone. You can't do your own things alone. You can't, this life, this Christian life was not meant to be alone. And when we get alone, we get on our own island, the enemy attacks. And so what we want to do is we want to walk beside you. We want to walk with you. We want to pour into you. We want to encourage you and uh, in your walk with Jesus. Thank you for listening. You can check out other messages of this and other series at stsatlanta.org slash podcast. Have a blessed day and hope to see you soon.